June the 23rd, the United Kingdom faces its biggest decision in a generation, a vote on whether to leave the European Union. We're taking a really short detour from the history of vegetarianism to ask Kerry McCarthy, the long-standing vegan MP who is now the UK's top official opposition spokeswoman on farming and the environment, whether leave or remain would be the vegan option. We haven't heard that theme music for so long. I'm Ian MacDonald, and that wonderful piece of music was by Rob Masters. Just to update you on politics, in the 2015 general election, you, you might remember there were three sitting vegan MPs, and apart from Kerry McCarthy, the two others lost their seats. Only Kerry survived. Chris Williamson to a slight conservative swing, and Cathy Jamieson to the SNP onslaught in Scotland. But there are one or two new vegan faces in Parliament that I look forward to telling you more about once the history of vegetarianism is done. At the other end of the electoral scale, in the 2016 election for the London Assembly, the vegan-led Animal Welfare Party polled their highest ever vote, 0.99%. So close to, to promotion to the next league up, the minor parties who sometimes poll single digits... I try to make a show for the whole world, but if you're from outside the UK, then this one might go into more detail in UK politics than you really want. So if you swipe left or right or whatever it is the cool kids do these days, then I promise not to be offended. I'm also going to assume that you know roughly what this referendum is about, but if you're an interested non-Brit, here's a link to a full primer, or primer if you're American, in the show notes at theveganoption.org. The parties supporting remaining in the European Union, of course, include not just Kerry's own left-leaning opposition Labour Party, but the Green Party, the Scottish Nationalists, the perennially pro-European Liberal Democrats and, electoral minnows that they are, the vegan-led Animal Welfare Party, as well as the Prime Minister. To declare an interest, I'm not impartial on this. More on that later, but I have done my best to be fair in the interview at the massive outdoor VegFest UK Bristol, Kerry McCarthy gave a talk about what the European Union had done for animals and I had a quick chat with her afterwards. Well, I think there are very strong arguments for remain on jobs, trade, democracy, security. But um, what I was here to talk about today was the environmental and animal welfare case for remaining in. And um, again, you know, the EU isn't perfect. There are things we'd like to see more progress on. But on balance, I think it's been a force for good on that front. So why? For a start, if you 80% of our animal welfare legislation has come from Europe. So, and sometimes the UK has been in the forefront of leading that change um, on the ban on veal crates, for example, or on sow stalls. In other cases, um, other European countries have dragged us along with them and persuaded us to to join forces um, but if you look at what has been achieved you know things like the ban on cosmetics testing on animals that's been done at a European level um, we now have labeling of eggs so people know whether they're buying free range or 
from caged birds um, and all those things that are very positive and okay you could argue that the UK could do it by itself but what I want to see is us persuading as many other people as possible to raise welfare standards and to motor a cleaner environment and that wouldn't be just our EU partners but also the countries that the EU does trade deals with. The Leap campaign had put out a meme and a graphic about how if we leave the European Union uh, we'll be freed from EU laws that currently don't allow the United Kingdom to ban live animal exports, which is a big campaign in the UK. What do you say to that? I think they're using that as a bit of a distraction technique. I know Boris Johnson said that if we left the EU, we would ban live exports the next day. The fact is that in 2015, Germany, the Netherlands and Denmark came up with an agreement they wanted to limit um, live transport to a maximum of eight hours, and the UK didn't sign up to that. So that, to me, acts as an indication that they're not really concerned about the the welfare of animals being transported. Um, It's very easy for them to promise that now, but I don't think it's the EU that's stopping them pushing for it. Another thing I see coming up in discussions around Europe is TTIP, a developing trade agreement between America and the European Union, uh, which some activists fear will lower standards to the lowest common denominator, and there have been concerns raised about a compulsory arbitration scheme, essentially a, um, a private court system. What say you to that? I do have concerns about TTIP, um, particularly on the environmental animal welfare front. We, in many cases, America has lower standards than in the in the European Union. So, for example, in hormone-injected meat and chloride-washed chicken, and uh, some of the you know the use of pesticides and fertilizer and GM crops. So, all those issues need to be debated as part of TTIP. I don't think it's an argument for Brexit because, as I've already said, I think we ought to be in the European Union arguing for higher standards across the board and then we ought to use the leverage that being part of that huge trading block gives us to try to persuade America to revisit its standards on that front as well. Or if not, we ought to be arguing as part of TTIP that where they don't meet European standards, they can't be part of the trade deal. If you'd like to hear more from Kerry McCarthy on Europe and animals, her full talk is on YouTube and SoundCloud, courtesy of Vegan Tricks. And Kerry McCarthy also wrote a blog about the topic for VegFest UK, and the links to both of those are in the show notes. There are also a couple of questions there in the interview I'm going to leave for another day about whether welfare reforms are distractions at best, as I discussed with Gary Francione in the Christmas 2011 show, and whether there is actually anything wrong with genetically modified crops. Some other vegan and animal advocacy groups are also firmly pro-Remain for similar reasons. Both the Greens and the Animal Welfare Party have posted detailed articles that give both sides a hearing but come down firmly on the side of Remain. For a blog post for my friend Sean's site, fatgayvegan.com, I asked some vegan European Union citizens who have moved to the UK from elsewhere what they thought. Rudy from France, who runs two vegan supermarkets called V-Cross, and whom you might remember from the Olympics shows back in 2012, said, My two shops import a lot of products from continental Europe. I can tell you that we will have to decrease the imports and raise up our prices if the UK leaves the EU. End quote. JC Costa, 
whom you might remember from the Lab Meet episode as a speaker against it, talked about the flexibility of campaigning for animals across borders, concluding, quote, Without the European Union, I would not have converted as many vegans as I have, and I would not have been able to help as many animals as I did. There are vegans who support British exit. Conservative councillor and Vegan Leave supporter Marisa Heath was quoted in Vegan Life magazine saying progress on animal welfare in the European Union has stalled. She pointed to an EU official, Michael Scannell, who rebuffed calls from some nations to produce plans for stronger animal welfare, describing, quote, the lack of support there is in a great many quarters for more legislation in this area, end quote. EU rules need to be approved by the Parliament and a council of relevant ministers from each member nation, so this was a civil servant saying it's not worth trying. But the UK was not one of the countries supporting those calls for better animal welfare. The official was responding to Belgium, Holland, Sweden and Germany. It seems to me that the animal welfare case for the UK leaving the European Union is predicated on a speculative hope that a UK government that clearly isn't supporting improved animal welfare when it's inside the European Union and doesn't want to leave the European Union will change its spots and do what animal advocates want after it's left. On the 25th of March this year, the UK government gave a month's notice of plans to repeal the animal welfare laws for poultry and replace them with self-regulation by the industry. The government backed down in the face of fierce opposition, including Kerry McCarthy, but that should inform whether you think the same government would enhance animal welfare provisions out of the European Union. And so I need to declare my own interest. I try hard to make this show impartial, but this is an unusual referendum where every serious economic organisation from the Bank of England to the OECD to the G20 has warned the UK of the economic damage should it leave the European Union. And every serious world leader, from Barack Obama down, but not apparently Donald Trump, has warned the UK of the loss of influence should it give up its seat at the most economically powerful table in the world. The vegan option has an interest. When this show started, we made lots of jokes about my first co-host, Diana Santos-Fleischmann, being American and me being the prim, proper Brit. But she was also born into a Portuguese family in Brazil. She can live and work in the UK because she's a citizen of the European Union. And those interviewees I mentioned were here to be interviewed by the vegan option because of the European Union. I could go on. And a lot of my own vegan friends in London are from other European Union countries. Speaking personally, it's a visceral shock when people talk about them as a burden on public services, particularly when the hard economic data say immigrants are a massive net contributor to both the economy and the government budget. If staying involves bureaucracy, visa requirements, four-figure visa fees, I know from talking to them, from writing the blog post for Fat Gay Vegan, not all my friends will stick around. Not when they can go anywhere in the European Union. And for that, and for protecting my rights at work, to clean air and beaches, for helping Southern and then Eastern Europe transition to democracy. For the longest peace Europe has ever seen, I am very happy to call myself a citizen of the European Union. And so that's my interests. 
outside the European Union, I think we have reason to expect the UK would be clearly poorer, probably less interesting, less democratic and crueler. And on this, I'm afraid I'm not impartial. I know this kind of speechifying isn't why you listen to the show, so thank you for indulging me this once, and thank you for listening.